Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? And it's also, ah, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuck, Etitians? What the fuck, Ets? And what the fuck, Etins? How about that? I got a big list here, man. This is WTF. I am Mark Marin. Thank you for listening to the show. And I do want to thank you sincerely and uh, with a big heart. Can I do that today? I'm going to go on vacation uh, next week, if that's okay with you guys. There will be no discontinuation of service. Service will continue with new episodes of the show. But I don't want to lie to you. I'm going to uh, I'm going to be away, and perhaps in the in the next couple of shows, I'll yeah maybe I'll put him I'll record him early and I'll speculate what I think I'm doing on vacation. That that's what I'm going to try to do. I need a fucking vacation. All right, I I just need one. I've never taken one. I'm going to try to take one. Let's let's get into that in a minute. Let me let me get into some business today on the show. Uh, the amazing Brian Regan is uh, in the garage, and uh, certainly one of the greatest comics uh, ever. In my in my humble estimation, and I'm, I'm going to talk about that more in a minute. I do want to thank. I get all your letters. I read as many emails as I can. I appreciate all the gifts. I appreciate all the love that comes my way, and I I can't always respond personally to you, but I personally uh, love it, and and I I am grateful for it, and I appreciate it, and I want to thank you for listening. You know who you are, and uh, it's just great. I am a little a little overwhelmed with stuff, so I can't always get back to everybody personally, and that bothers me. Believe me, it's one of the reasons I need a vacation, because no matter how much I have to do, I will obsess over one email where a guy's like, hey, come on, man, just email me back, and I will I, I will carry that with me for the day. I, I don't have any boundaries around, no ability to compartmentalize what are major problems and minor problems everything just melds into one big multi-headed multi-armed several million tentacled problem or issue that is just coming at me and i need to stop it but i do appreciate all incoming stuff that said i was uh, in chicago and i didn't get to talk to you since the jack white episode but i was in chicago i had a great time in that city i'm looking forward to going back to the main stage in August, you can go to WTFpod.com and check my calendar for everything. I, I love that city. It's one of those cities that it's its own thing. It's a real city. And another reason I need to go on vacation, because every time I go on the road, I can I make an excuse for myself, and you know this about me, to eat you know what I consider indigenous food. Like, I can go anywhere now. Any big city has a foodie community where they have the best food. Oh, that place is a new restaurant. It's great. But there are some old standbys, and that's where I like to go. So, of course, I asked about, you know, which pizza to go to. I got so many people saying I got to go to Lou Malnati's that I went to Lou Malnati's. And I'd been there before my life, but I had forgotten about it. And I went there for lunch with Andy Kindler. And in lunch with Kindler, can you have that much Jew around pizza? Absolutely. I, me and Andy Kindler eating pizza is the equivalent of perhaps an entire Jewish family eating pizza. We're playing all the parts and covering the entire history. So me and Andy went. We discussed uh, a lot of things, some issues, some problems. We had some good times. We had some laughs. We ate a pizza. We split a nine-incher. Now, that should have been enough for most people, but it was not. That night, 
backstage at the Chicago Theater where I was working with uh, the lovely Sarah Silverman and Kyle Dunnigan and Reggie Watts, Hannibal Burris, Natasha Leggero. I, I found an excuse. I said, well, we got to order Lou Malnati's. Do they deliver? Hell yes, they deliver. Let's do it. Everybody in? I didn't care if everyone was in. I just wanted to make sure that I shoved another two or three slices of Lou Malnati's deep dish sausage and mushroom pizza in my face. So over the course of a day, I had an entire deep dish pizza. And uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm thinking. I uh, Look, folks, this is who I am at this point in my life. And you know this. I know there are bigger issues in the world. There are other things to talk about. But I think I'm probably eating about 15 to 20 fucking nicotine lozenges a day. I'm compulsively stuck in some sort of Twitter vortex for some sort of immediate gratification buzz and hyper engagement with thousands of people I don't know. I'm constantly... Uh, drinking coffee, probably two to three pots a day. I cannot let go of my phone. I'm responding to emails as they come in always. I'm reading all of your emails. I'm fielding mail here at the house where people send me stuff. I've got a P.O. box that's coming in. I do this show. I'm about to lose my fucking mind. I'm strung out for fuck's sake. I got a problem, man. I got to shut this shit off. I, I, when was the last time? I, I've got this fantasy in my head and I'm telling you, this is what day is it? It's Thursday. When did I eat that pizza? On Saturday? I don't think it's completely out of my system yet. I, I'm locked up. That, but that's you know, that's not your problem. I don't even want to really talk about that. I'm just strung out. I need to turn my phone off. I need to turn my computer off. I need to turn part of my brain off and just fucking relax. I'd like to get off these nicotine lozenges again. This can't be good. I know what I'm doing. Why can't I? Maybe I should just get on Lexapro or, or, or something like that, like any other anxious, panicky, uh, hypervigilant, whack job of a selfish person does. Take care of yourself. Why am I self-medicating with nicotine lozenges? They have medication for that kind of stuff. What does the baseline look like? I'm going to go to fucking Hawaii. I'm going to go on an island. Got a good deal, by the way. You know, there's, there's something about frequent travel. You commit to one airline, you get the points, you get the free tickets, you commit to one credit card, you get the points, you get the trip. Hey, that's who I am. Is that Jewish or is that just smart? Let me ask Andy Kindler. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to try and do it. I'm going to detox. I'm going to detox from as much as I can detox from. I've known about Brian Regan a long time, and I'm going to talk to him about uh, the first time I really saw him. I was actually at the original Improv in New York uh, sitting with Bill Hicks. That's not a humble brag. It's not a name drop. It was a reality. I'll bring that up with, uh, with, uh, with Brian. I won't bring it up to you now, but from my own personal experience, when I've been at my lowest, darkest times, I, I remember I was sitting with Ryan Singer and I was depressed. I was sad. And we were sitting there and I'm like, we need a fucking laugh, dude. We're, we're spiraling. We're, we're going down. We need a, a guaranteed fucking laugh. And I said, let's Netflix Brian Regan's way to special. Let's do it. And sure as shit, guaranteed laughs. So uh, let's get into this Brian Regan chat. Uh, I also want to you know, bring this up because if you don't know Brian Regan, or if you do, he'll be in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Comedy Zone the, this Friday and Saturday night. You can go to brianregan.com for more tour dates. And uh, Brian Regan also has a new record out all by myself, which I've listened to three times. It's a new CD. Uh, it's, it's very funny. There's a couple of bits on there that, that just killed me. Uh, so that's available as well. So get that too. All right. 
I'm I'm nervous about this. Me too, Mark. You, I'm I'm shaking over here. I don't know. I don't know what you have in store for me. I don't know if you've got like old tax records. Brian Regan is in the uh, garage here, and I, I for some reason I feel like it's a rare event that uh, that you show up at these things. Well, I uh, I've I've wanted to do your podcast uh, for quite some time. You know, we- you're, you're somebody that comedians look up to, and. Uh, and I'm happy for your success, and I'm thrilled to be included in your roster of comedians that you've talked to. You're you're the guy people look up to. You like you're elusive to me somehow. <laughs> no, you don't realize. Like I, I swear know. to God, any comic that I talk to, you like who's the funniest guy? Brian Regan's the funniest guy. It's like a given. It's a given that there's there's Brian Regan, then there's uh, you know, other people. Well, I, do you know that? I, I don't know about that, but I'm 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 honored, man. When comedians when when people who do what you do like yeah. what you do there's no better compliment than that but so. are, you, are you do you feel like out of touch with it like do you like are you i mean in the sense that like i just picture you're like out working on the road constantly and you just go into a place and you get into your stance and you do it and, and, then, and yeah. then you leave and then it's the next place like i see a lot of guys around but i never i never see you ever i i try to have my normal world man. yeah you really know, I've got, how's uh, that going I've got, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i love comedy yeah but i don't want that to be everything you know right. i've got uh two wonderful kids yeah and, and i like to not be a comedian too yeah you know what i mean like when i'm off i just yeah i just kind of shut down and i'm not like obsessed with show business you know? no of I, course of course but was there a time i mean i have to assume like let me tell you a story like i think the first time i saw you I was uh, I was in New York. It was like 1990, maybe, maybe 90. Like, yeah, somewhere around there. Bill Hicks was living in New York for like a, a second. Mm-hmm. And the old improv was still in, in existence. It was barely holding on on 44th Street. Right. And you came in. I don't know if you worked there at all, usually. But for some reason, you came in and Hicks was like, we got to go watch Regan. Wow. And I was like, well, I don't know who is Regan. And like he pulls me in there and he sits me down next to him. We're in the back of the room. There must have been 12 people in this place. And he just fucking laughed hysterically <laughs> for the wow. entire time. Do you remember being in that place? I, uh, I remember the improv, of course. The original and, one. I'm 44. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, and I do remember Bill Hicks on one event watching one of my shows. And it was like, you know, for somebody like that to like what you do is just tremendous, man. I think so. you had like a, a lot of influence on a lot of people too. Well, I know. I guess I'm, I'm just going to sit here for an hour and blow smoke up your ass. Ah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be good? I feel like this is a nice setup, and then I'm going to get the, the kabow. No, but no. now that we get we did all that, you know. Yeah. No, listen, I, I'm very flattered. So thank you. I really feel like you're a mystery to me. Like I literally, I'm going to tell you another story. I was in the middle of a divorce, and. Uh, I'm sitting around this house, just hoping, like, I'm sitting around the house going, like, I'm probably not going to have this very long. And <laughs> <laughs> this might be the last few Goodbye, hours. Goodbye, house. Yeah. What am I going to do with my house, my sad house? I was with my buddy Ryan. I'm like, we got, I need some laughs. What are we going to do? Fucking put on Brian Regan. Oh, man. <laughs> put that on my, uh, in my resume. Helps people get through divorces, you know? You do. Sure you do. Well, that's yeah, very nice, with- man. Thank you. Where did you start, though? The comic strip in Fort Lauderdale. 
And, oh, wow. That's the first comedy club. Right. I mean, I was in college in, at Heidelberg College in what? Tiffin, Ohio, and that's when it was while I was in school that I decided that I wanted to be a comedian. What were you studying to, to be that sort of like? My, my freshman year, I was an economics major, Yeah, and then uh, I realized very, very, very quickly <laughs> that I was not, <laughs> not even close to pursuing anything that would make me happy. Right. And then I switched uh, majors to yeah. communication and theater arts. And right. then uh, one of my first classes w- was a speech class. And I used to just try to make them funny. Yeah. And that first time when I got the class laughing. Yeah. That feeling, it just it gets in you. And I, I remember walking back to my dorm going, yeah. what was that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was like hooked. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So I was like, whatever that was, <laughs> yeah. I want more of that. <laughs> I want I want that all the time. Yeah. So so you wrote a lot of speeches. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so I was in I mean that was my only uh stage was right. my you know 13 guy people in class, you know, and <laughs> you were killing? Yeah, I was killing. <laughs> Go man, if I can if I can heart, if I can get this up to 15 people or yeah. 20, <laughs> yeah, maybe do a longer speech. Yeah, do a longer do a 7 minute speech <laughs> instead of a 5 minute speech. Do you remember what the speeches were on? Um, I did one on, uh, we had to sell a product <laughs> and, um, I had this whole, it was like a misdirect. Mm-hmm. I, I had this bag yeah, and that there was something in the bag right? and I was talking about, I re- I remember the speech. It was like, are you ugly? Are you tired of people thinking you're ugly? And when you're walking down the street, they cross to the other side of the street. Uh-huh. Well, I have a product for you. And then I reached into the bag, yeah. and then I pulled this thing out, and I set that off to the side, and I said, the paper bag. <laughs> the old switcheroo. Yeah, the old switcheroo. <laughs> and I said, yeah. you could put this over your head, yeah. and I remember the teacher howling, and all the class howling, and I'm like, wow, that uh, was fun, man. That I, was easy. I did a misdirect. Yeah. They, they got into it, you know? So, uh and yeah, and but, and, but like out dad you've been a fan of comedy i mean did you have any sort of sense of uh, that that there was a world of comedy available or i i was always a fan of comedy but um you know i grew up in miami florida i liked uh, george carlin and then when steve martin came on the scene huge steve martin fan but it never like dawned on me that that was even an avenue a, for me a job choice yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was that that's what people in hollywood and new york right. do you know what i mean it's like the rest of us we have to become accountants yeah. and things like <laughs> that have a job yeah so when i when i when i i remember thinking maybe i could be a comedian it was like this audacious quest you know but mm-hmm. uh, but that's when it happened wasn't and what kind of how many people were in your family how many brothers i know one of your brothers i dennis. know dennis you probably know dennis he's a comedian he's a comedian is that a problem it's not at all. Oh, good. It's it's. <laughs> my mom and dad have eight children, mm-hmm. four occupations: two comedians, two firefighters, two school teachers, two salesmen. Really? Yeah. <laughs> two firefighters. My parents say we're fifteen, sixteenths Irish. I don't. Yeah. I don't know why they have that <laughs> formula. <laughs> That's what they've told you. Fifteen, sixteenth. We're fifteen, sixteenths Irish, and one sixteenth Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they have to throw that in? Have I they, don't know. Have they traced the Dutch? They, like, <laughs> they must. They must have. There's I, one Dutch. I there's know, the Dutch. I don't know where the Dutch person comes into play, but and uh, what what kind of business was your your old man in? Uh, dikes. He would build dikes, and no, uh, <laughs> wooden shoes. And... <laughs> no, no. He worked for uh, Eastern Airlines. He was an accountant. Really? Yeah, for Eastern Airlines. Do you guys fly for nothing? Yeah, yeah. We flew. Well, you had to pay some type of nominal fee. It was $5 to fly coach. This is true. Or $10 to fly in first class. 10 bucks. 
So we always flew first. My dad would splurge, and we all flew first class. That's like a family of 10 in first. There's not even enough room in first. We would take up like the whole first class cab. <laughs> it's a party, a Regan party in first class. <laughs> that must have been hilarious. Yeah. So I, I can't imagine. Like, so what, but how are you brought up? Like, I know you don't, uh, on policy, you don't cuss on stage generally, right? Right. It depends on what you, you know. I mean, I say hell and damn. Well, that's, you know, come on. <laughs> no. I'm not, I don't have a problem, but I, but I had a guy come up to me after a show one time and say, you know, I heard you were clean, and then <laughs> and then you throw these words in there. I'm very disappointed. I'm like, God almighty. What are you? Were you brought up, like, in a religious house? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but not, cra- you know, I mean, we're raised Catholic and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. But um, we weren't allowed to cuss. At home? At home. At all? And and no kid visiting our house was allowed to cuss. What was the uh, punishment for that? Well, <laughs> there was one kid that no. had a basketball thrown at his head. <laughs> by your father? No, by us. Oh, really? Because he was cussing, and we're like, you're not allowed to cuss in our house. And he was like, well, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> And that was it. So, all, we, so all we picked kids. up. So we picked up a basketball and threw it at his head because <laughs> we figured there had to be some type of ramification. It's a rule for a reason, so there has to be a punishment. And and if cussing is so bad, there has to be a really bad punishment. So we we hurled a basketball at his head, and it it hit his head, and then it hit the wall, and then it came back and hit the basketball again. We're like, wow. I guess he didn't come over. The word got out. Yeah, you don't cuss at the Regan house. <laughs> don't even. It's off limits. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking hilarious so what and where in the lineup are you fourth uh, out of eight wow yeah. middle yeah i figured that out quick do you like that mm-hmm. math right out of the right out of the get-go there there's bang no, there's no middle out of eight no yeah there is four well out of nine there's a middle well, okay you have to have an odd number okay well so you and Remember the next I was guy an accountant i was yeah, an accountant yeah. for a year you were you oh so you graduated with an no, accounting no, degree? i mean i was an economics major you didn't get you didn't do anything after college you went right into comedy I dropped out of college. Oh, good for you. To do uh, how to many do comedy? Two years in? Ten credit hours short. Really? Of a degree. Oh, boy. How'd that go over with Pops? Imagine that phone call. <laughs> Mom, Dad, you know how you're. You're, 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 you're going to fly up for my graduation <laughs> ceremony? Uh, get ready to, to to go up to the comic strip in Fort Lauderdale instead. I'm going to be bussing tables and try to get on late at night. It's closer. Mm. It's right down the street. I auditioned there and um, yeah, ended up passing my audition at one point and with a speech. <laughs> yeah. my paper bag uh my that, paper bag misdirect. That's a solid man. That's solid. <laughs> Don't want to lose that opener. No, no, no. Um, I auditioned five times. My fifth audition went pretty well. And I remember sitting back down and my heart was pounding because I'm like, well, that's about, that's as good as I've done. Yeah. And then Joe Mullen, he's the guy who ran the comic strip in Fort Lauderdale, yeah. came over and said, grabbed my check for my beer at uh, Budweiser. Yeah. He goes, I'm picking this up. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm already getting paid. <laughs> yeah. He goes, can I talk to you in the ba- in the back? I'm like, yeah. I, I'm telling you, it's probably the most heart pounding experience of my life because I dropped out of college to yeah. try to become a comedian. 
And I'm like, maybe this is it. And he brought me in the back and said that he'd been watching me, you know, audition a handful of times. And as far as I was, as far as he was concerned, I had passed my audition. It was like uh, it's a complicated way to put it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's right. I still got to meet with some other people. <laughs> well, uh, it was uh, it was life altering, man. Yeah, because I was like, here's a guy who runs a comedy club who says I'm a comedian. Yeah, it was pretty damn strong you know yeah and then what did you start doing opening well what it meant there was that you got to go on at the end of the show i haven't seen this anywhere else in the country they had three co-headliners all doing 45 minutes each at the end of the show the uh an mc would go on stage they would draw a clear line in the sand they would say that's it for our show right we hope you had a good time. We do have some new comedians who are just getting started. If you'd like to hang out and give them an audience, you're welcome to do so. But if you need to take off, we understand. That's probably pretty good, though. It was great. But, I mean, most people would get up and leave. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have, you know, 25, 30 people hang out. Hey, let's watch these new comedians. And they they bring them in? Or they let them move? Or nah, they, they just really scatter? Move. They were just kind of scattered That's around. good. That's good training. The scatter <laughs> thing. You want to make sure that you feel that people have left. And there's a lot of... That was what you went up... That's what I went up to for a year. Going on at the end of the night to people who, you know, were just hanging out. And... Uh, Doing what? Eight? Five? Five minutes. Yeah. And... and and while you, and there were like three or four of us each night, and then people were gradually leaving during that. So yeah. if you were at the end of that, sometimes oh, yeah. you'd go up to four people. Oh you know? yeah. So I had a whole routine built around people walking out, right? Because that's what was happening. I had a whole routine about, hey, thanks for making me feel like a can of room defogger. Yeah. And, you know, I had this whole thing. Yeah. About how people were walking out during my, that was my act, <laughs> and then they moved me up. You know, hey, we're gonna let you open, so I get on stage. <laughs> And I'm thinking, nobody's walking out. I don't... <laughs> yeah, what do I do now? I'm, I don't know what to do. People are paying attention. Yeah. And I'm looking around going, God, somebody please walk out, you know? <laughs> I think I got these lines. <laughs> my, my whole career built around being horrible. <laughs> so I had to start writing jokes for people who were actually paying attention. Oh, man. And how... Like, you have such a defined uh, thing that you do... Like I, whenever I, whenever uh, you, your name comes up, I, I, uh, I actually characterize you. Like you know, I, I have this whole thing where, like, I say, uh, yeah, Regan starts in like the the top position. You got the top position, and then usually by the end of the joke, he's down here somewhere, and then, and then after the laugh, he recocks. <laughs> Yeah, back up. Yeah, he's uh, back up. <laughs> yeah. When did that sort of like? Did you feel yourself know. just doing that? I never consciously did anything like that. I mean, I just uh, were you just doing straight jokes? I mean, were they long bits at the like? Were oh, you, you mean doing... at the beginning? Yeah, I, I had all kinds of weird stuff, man. <laughs> I, I I didn't know what I wanted to be as a comedian. I mean, when you first start, you don't really know. So you're doing everything. I had props. No, I had a, really. A, a, I mean, I know, I'm not judging. Whole, I'm just curious. No, I mean, I had a little bit of everything. Had the you know? bag. The bag. I had a, a bag. <laughs> yeah. I was so bad at prop comedy. I had props for jokes I didn't even need props for. <laughs> like what? Like I had a. Uh, um, I would get on stage and say, "Hey, man, I'm always getting ripped off at the supermarket." Yeah. Uh, like I bought a box of cereal and it was less than half full. So I brought it back to the manager, and I said, hey, this box of cereal was less than half full. And the manager said, yeah. And then I pulled it out of the bag. Yeah, you bought 40% bran flakes. 
Did you repeat it? And then, I, yeah, I would hold the box yeah. up. like, And I look back going, did I need to hold up a box? Uh, 40% bran flakes? That was part of the joke? Can, yeah. Can't the people, can I just say 40% bran flakes and people can envision what that is? They just start now. You need a little support, a little yeah, visual support. And then I put that bag in the bag. <laughs> What so else? I had a handful of props. Well, what what else know? was in the bag? I'm kind of curious. I had a, uh, <laughs> and then I would say, um, and then I said to the manager, well, what about this? This was completely empty. And he goes, yeah. And then I reach into this product <laughs> called No Salt. Remember yeah. that? And uh-huh. I had, and of course I emptied it out and I said, yeah, yeah you paid for No yeah. Salt. And then I take the top off and <laughs> shake it up. Sure. And you got No, no Salt. salt. <laughs> How'd those go over? Oh, they were, they were wonderful. <laughs> wonderful jokes. They, they, <laughs> those are like legendary you know what I mean? That's like a who's on first kind of thing. That's up there. Like if there's a comedy museum, yeah, yeah. who's on first, yeah. maybe uh, you know, Jerry Lewis with the typewriter, yeah. and then they'll put the 40% brand yeah. flakes and the notes all thing in there. And just your name underneath, Brian Regan. Everybody will go, oh, that's what, how it all started with him. What year was that? 81, oh. 82, somewhere around here. Was yeah. that was it like who were the headliners coming? Like who were the guys that you were seeing when you're just hanging around cleaning up after people? <laughs> I mean, like uh, what was it? What, were the guys that were coming through? You're like, oh man, that guy really does it. Where you do you remember who you saw? One of the um, comedians was Jerry Seinfeld. He came. To the, well, this, he was just uh, you know uh, right. one of the headliners. <laughs> Seinfeld was one of the guys. I, I I had to go on after him. Actually, my brother Dennis and I I, I auditioned. Five times. One of those times was with my brother Dennis as a comedy team. Really? Yeah. He was the straight guy, I guess, right? We we didn't even yeah. have it figured out that <laughs> we didn't know. But he wanted to do comedy that early too. So he's yeah, um, we literally followed Jerry Seinfeld. The two of you. And and Seinfeld hadn't broken yet. You know right. what I mean? And he, was he killing? Them? He absolutely killed. Yeah. And I remember thinking. If that guy's not a star, then there's no justice in this business. Why do I even want to be in this business? Show? Right. And then a month later, he was on his first Tonight Show and on his way. So I'm like, okay, there is justice. Okay. Anyway, he did his thing. And then, and now, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the, Regan. the Regan brothers. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, you know, the lights were on our eyes and feedback on the mic and just nothing. Stumbling man. over <laughs> each other. <laughs> Horrible. All I remember is Dennis going, um, do they flash, they, when we get off when they flash the light, right? They flash the light, we get off. I'm like, yeah, but you don't say that out loud. <laughs> that was his open? <laughs> yeah, about a minute in, he knew we weren't getting any laughs. So he's like, when do we leave? When do we, how do we get off the stage? That <laughs> yeah, goes on in your head, Dennis. You don't say that out loud. <laughs> when when did it start to pick up? When did you start to like? What were some of your first gigs? Well, I I worked there for uh, like house MC kind of shit or what? Yeah, I mean you know I I moved from going at the way end to then they would let me do ten minutes up front and then I would be the house MC for a while. And uh, I remember the first gig that I got was down in Coconut Grove. They were going to do comedy in a bar for uh, one sure. night a week. Yeah, the one nighters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, the word was out. Oh, they're going to do comedy. They're mm-hmm. looking for local comedians. And uh, I called the guy up, and I had never performed anywhere other yeah. than the comic strip in yeah. Fort Lauderdale, you know? Yeah. And I also, at the comic strip, I worked in the kitchen. I cooked and everything. So anyway, I called this guy up. At you this cooked? Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, If I was at the first comedian, um, you know, people in the audience would order hamburgers and stuff like yeah. that. And I would put the burner way down low. 
and put their burgers in, and then I'm on I'm on stage. Yeah. Their burgers are cooked. They don't even know they're looking at the cook. <laughs> and then you go back, put your apron on. Yeah, I put my apron back on. You know, <laughs> I had to empty the trash. The, the hard the, the the most embarrassing thing was at the end of the show. I had to, uh, the dumpster was behind the comedy club. Right. And people And I had to empty the yeah. trash. Yeah. You know, so I could pretend like I didn't work there until then. And right. then these people after the show, especially if I had a decent set, right. they'd see me going. And I remember people going, they make comedians take out the trash. And, you know, I would say, well, not the good ones. Oh. You know, the, the good ones are inside having a beer and I have my chores I still have to do. <laughs> You saw my 40% brand flake joke. That's why I'm taking the trash out. I'm putting that box in the trash. <laughs> so the Coconut Grove Coconut gig. Grove. Big night. Yeah, I call the guy, and he says, what do you get for a night? I, I, I never got anything. I never did this before. So I didn't know what to say, and I said, uh, well, uh, I think uh, I think $75 will be fair. And he goes, uh, hang on a second. And I'm like, oh, man, I asked for too much. All I want is a gig. I don't yeah. care if I get any money. I just <laughs> yeah, want to. Yeah. And he gets back on. He goes, how about 100 and a hotel room? And right then I knew, boy, am I bad at the business side of this. <laughs> he felt bad for Yeah, you. he felt bad for my opening <laughs> negotiation and topped it for me. Yeah. You know, so yeah. what do I say at that point? 85, <laughs> we go halves on the hotel. <laughs> deal yeah yeah and i'm not i'm not budging that's my final <laughs> you can you can say you're gonna pay for that hotel yeah no i way. ain't doing it uh-uh I'm, I'm, I'm coming with cash <laughs> so was that the first time you're like oh i get to sleep at a oh man you yeah. know and then i do the gig and they give you a hundred dollars was it like a half hour yeah and it didn't go well but when no. they gave me the hundred dollars i was like man i can i can handle this yeah cash money for doing some jokes yeah man. wasn't that great though when it was like it was only you're only making like uh i remember making 75 bucks and driving three hours oh, and you're yeah. like oh yeah this is great yeah you feel like man i'm in show business you don't even man. think like oh it's gonna cost me 12 dollars to fill up my tank i'm probably gonna eat you're gonna get home at least like 30 40 bucks it was, oh, it's fucking awesome and when I first got a manager, Rory, Rory Rose, Rose Garden, Garden, sure. My, my Is manager. he still your manager? Yeah. Um, one of the first gigs he got me, I was living in New York, and uh, it was a, for a college prep school down in New Jersey. So, yeah. Or no, a high school a high school prep school, prepping them for college. Anyway, I go down, I do the gig, and it was for $1,000. I'd never made $1,000 in my whole life. Yeah. You know? And... Uh, they give me the check, and I'm like, what in the, wow, what, what is going on? I yeah. man, got $1,000 doing comedy. I, <laughs> I, I'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. I get back on the train, I'm going back to New York, and I'm like, I got time to do a spot at the Improv. Yeah. So I go to the Improv, they throw me on, and when I'm done, they give me $15, and I'm like, what the hell is my comedy worth? Is it, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> is it worth 1000 or is it worth fifteen? <laughs> Or somewhere in between. I don't know, man. You really, you kind of put that into context. Like those short spots in New York, you have $15. That's fine. Right. But $1,000, like, I remember that. It's a huge amount of money. And then you start to think, like, how much are those guys on television? How much could they be making? Did you ever sort of think ahead? Like, where you're like, oh, my God, there's no end to this. Uh, well, my goal when I first started yeah. was to, uh, my dream was if I could do comedy and make $100 a night. Yeah. 
I'll be happy for the rest of my life. You know, yeah. now I'm not quite there yet. But <laughs> You're getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. Yeah. But uh, you know, to me, it's not about. I mean, the money is like a nice side thing. It's right. Like, oh, okay, wow, you can make a living at it too, but. You got to love doing it, I think. How do you workshop stuff? Because, I mean, you, you're a guy, what do you do, a new hour every year, every two years? How's it work for you? Are I, you how conscious are you of that? I try to, well, you know, you got to have your lines in the sand. I'm fortunate to have the the Letterman thing where you can't repeat. So, right. you know, I, I, I always have to have a new set for that. How often do you do that? About every nine months. Yeah. And um, so, and then if I record something like, whether it's a CD or a DVD or a Comedy Central special or something right. like that, then I, in my mind, I try to figure that that's done. Right. And I try to move away from it. I mean, you can't turn it over on a dime. Right. You know what I mean? But sure. it's like, okay, that's done and recorded and now start replacing. Right. I'd, I'd like to think of after a year and a half to two years, it'd be a new hour. Right. And then, like, because you, you, how often are you on the road? How many weeks? Uh, 26 you know ha- half the weekends of the year and that's a that's a schedule you stuck with like you know you you're, you don't uh you like i i just trying to picture like you don't really go out and do the little clubs anymore much no no i i, I thought i would want to keep one leg in that but uh well you could always i'm sure know. no one would turn you down uh so i were all I booked know. up here it's wednesday <laughs> night it's a big night for us <laughs> 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 i was in uh, salt lake city and I did a, a, a weekend there, mm-hmm. and they said, "Yeah, Brian Brian Regan's here for the month, or something, <laughs> something like that." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" Uh-huh. They were like saying, "Like, yeah, oh yeah, he's gonna he sells out the basketball <laughs> arena for a month." Wow, well, hyperbole. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but like, do you like? But what was fascinating to me is a guy who like I just started to sell a few tickets. But there's very few guys that do what you do, which is like comedy at the level that you do it at. And it's really what you do exclusively for a living. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. I, I, I like being a comedian. And if, you know, if something else happens, great. You know what I mean? And lately I'm trying to dabble a little bit in some other things. Like but, what? Uh, uh, last week I did uh, a Looney Tunes uh, the, the cartoons, really? they, they had asked me if I would do a voice in, uh-huh. in one of their episodes. And, you know, a few years ago I would have said, nah, that's not for me. And I'm like, what the hell, you know? So would you have said that's not for me? I think so. Why? Because there's something about the purity of being a stand up. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like, uh, I, I, I've taken a lot of pride over the years in that if I have a following, it has to be from stand up. Right. It can't be from anything else because I haven't done anything else. But, but so if people are buying tickets to see me, I know it's because of the stand-up comedy. Whereas other people can have a following, but you know they may have been an, a- an an actor in something, or they might have had a role in something, and so their their draw is based on not just stand-up, but on them being famous as well. Right. And that in that so there's a in, uh, a sort of person is a principal issue with you. I like. I want. I want those people in the seats there because they want to watch comedy and not because they want to see a famous person. Right. And you've always felt that way. Uh, I started feeling that way when I couldn't become famous. <laughs> well, <laughs> I changed my goal so I could be successful. <laughs> and you figured, well, a cartoon, no one's going to come going, you're not that rabbit. <laughs> we came, thought you, we thought you were a rabbit. Make the rabbit noise. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, no. Are you telling me that there wasn't a point? I, I I, mean, there has to have been several development deals in your past. Sure. 
And when when was the first one? And when did that come from? Uh, I don't know what year, but um, yeah, I've had a- Mid 80s? No, it would have been more in the 90s. So when did you start headlining? Late 80s? Yeah. 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 Late 80s. And you were doing clubs, just comedy clubs. Comedy clubs. The circuit. Right? Yeah. Well, and the one-nighters, too. Sure, right, the horrible things. (laughs) (laughs) The good things and the horrible things. But, like, you were drawing... When did you start to realize that, like, you were drawing? Because this is the other mystery to to people that, from where I'm sitting, even now, because, like, I'm a guy that's been doing this 25 years, and I'm just starting to sell a few tickets. But, like, there are people that are... Like, I had Kevin Hart in here uh, not long ago mm-hmm. and he's a huge selling act and a lot of people don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. So they're they're and Gaffigan's another guy. Like it's like it's you and Gaffigan are, are, are it really. Uh, and, and Kevin Hart is, he's also selling a lot of tickets, but, but where does that, how did you build that man? I mean, I know you've, you know, you have your specials every year or two, but like it, you sell thousands and thousands of tickets a year, but you're not on a television show. You know, and it's not like, you know, you're a household name necessarily, but you're you're a huge comedian. How, what was the process of that? I I don't know. I, okay. I, 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 I'm, it's a I, mystery to you. <laughs> it is. You know, I mean, I, I certainly didn't, you know, set out that way. I mean, I... I <clears throat> I when did very... you first start noticing it? Well, it was when I was in comedy clubs and yeah. I started, uh, you know, they started adding shows, you know. Right. It would be like... Uh, Normally, they would have one show on a Friday and two on a Saturday, and then, you know, my manager would say they want to add a second show Friday, and then the next time you go back, it's like, well, now they want to add a third show Saturday, and, you know, when then you start- And then it's like, maybe we can all do this all in one place. Exactly. Yeah. So you get you get to the point where you're maxing out the comedy club, right. and you go, well, why would I do that for five nights when I could do have that same amount of people for one night in a theater? It's exhausting, right? So, I mean, uh, especially for the the way you do comedy. I mean, to do like to do two shows a night for two nights after a certain point, it gets a little it's tiring, right? Nah, nah. Doesn't bother you? I, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. How do you complain about? No, I, I'm not comedian? complaining. I, I don't. I, like, I absolutely. Whether it's three shows a night or one show a night, it's all gravy and wonderful, man. Yeah, there ain't nothing bad about it. So, how many days do you do in Salt Lake? Just out of curiosity. Well, it was. Ten shows, right? In uh, their theater called a Bravenel Hall. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a lot of tickets. Yeah, and you do it once a year, right? Uh, I, I I like to go back there every two years because I don't want to. If people are, if they like it, I I want when I go back that they're going to see mostly a new set, right? You know. And how did you become like because like that community? And I'm I'm obviously not you know I'm not trying to be uh, this shouldn't be that personal. I mean you've got to be sort of sanctioned. The Mormons have got to say like he's he's our guy. He's okay. It's interesting to me because clearly <laughs> the Mormon community yeah. likes clean comedy, right? Um, and it's interesting to me because I'm not Mormon. You right. Know what I mean, um, I've never said that I was or anything like that. Right. And, uh, and I have conversations with my manager sometimes going. I, do they think that I'm Mormon? Uh, do I do I have to have a disclaimer? You know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I, you know, I, I just I'm confident in that. I, I just do what I do. I've never claimed anything. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I, I like the fact that they like what I do. Are they good audience? Oh yeah, 
the great yeah strong man well yeah because i assume like there's only a few people that they can as a community say this guy's okay go have a good time <laughs> no it's i mean it's it's a great thing i'm not i'm not yeah, saying it's, it's a negative um, thing it's just sort of interesting because i found that when i worked there it's it's an odd place because it is sort of like that's their state you know welcome to utah <laughs> And there's a lot of different types of Mormons, mm-hmm. and they're always all together. You know, there's the pioneer types, and then there's the modern types, and it's a very interesting vibe. I, I went after one of the shows. We went to this like uh, restaurant, yeah. And uh, I like to have a shot of tequila every now and then, right. you know. And uh, so I had a shot of tequila, and then some people from the show were starting to come in and hang around, and uh, I was feeling. And I shouldn't have felt this way. I'm thinking, should I be drinking here? Because I know that that's not a big thing with them. Yeah. So the waitress came back and yeah. said, uh, would you like another shot of tequila? <laughs> In front of them? Well, you know, she's pointing to the shot glass. Yeah. And I wanted my tour manager, Andy, to get one for me. Yeah. And I said, no, I'm good. But Andy, how about you? And he goes, I'm good. <laughs> and then she leaves and I said, Andy... What do you think I was trying to pull there? I wanted you to get the shot for me, you know, and sneaking a shot in front of the in front of the Mormon fans. It's just fascinating to me, like the the idea that you can do that many shows, like just like that's like the numbers are just spectacular. I mean, what it seats a lot of people. It's fascinating. Like you, you must play to a good percentage of the population of, of Utah every two years. It's almost like you know Utah's coming out to see Brian Regan this, again. Uh, it's uh, it, listen, I, I it, the whole thing was kind of surprising to me because you know I have the web page thing and I was noticing that I was before I ever performed in Utah or Salt Lake City, I was getting a lot of comments like, "How come you never come to Salt Lake City? How come you never come to Salt Lake City?" and like disproportionate from other cities and that's when i they had a meeting told my manager i said <laughs> maybe we should book a show there and that's when we kind of found out hey well, i got a little bit of a following there you know? yeah yeah and where where are some of your other uh areas that you find that you just kick ass i don't know i mean that sounds self-serving to oh, i'm asking well, you. here i'm the, asking you um I, I do well in uh uh denver um atlanta yeah uh new york is always fun yeah um you know, in the city you work in the city yeah i mean i do the new york comedy festival like every couple of years right. I, mean, I used to play caroline's all the time right great comedy club and yeah then, uh and now caroline's is involved with the new york comedy festival right so i do that every couple of years and, yeah um, it's always a blast and what when when you were like as as time went on because you work with roy rose garden you know and, and he has he has robert klein he has ray romano mm-hmm. uh and his brother is also I, I don't know the the full roster but what were some of the opportunities that you came that you know, you sort of like the deals that you were that you got that didn't that didn't pan out. What were the what were the pilot scripts? Wh- who were you in those? Well, uh, some of them never even got. I never even shot a pilot. No, right, but you, you wrote scripts, I mean? right? Wrote scripts. Yeah, it was always frustrating for me because I would get to where I could at least write a script, and then I would take my bits and try to work them within the context of a show. Right. And then you'd submit the script, and yeah. then the notes would be, well, this doesn't seem funny to us. And I'm like, well, those are... <laughs> you can't tell me that those bits aren't funny. I don't know who you are, but I know they're funny. Yeah. People laugh at them every single night. Yeah. So, you know, I after a while, I, I, I had to get to the point where 
<clears throat> I stopped worrying about what other people thought. Mm-hmm. I can't control what these network people think. Right. I can control what I do as a stand-up. So if I ever get a show, it'll have to be based on my stand-up. But uh, if it happens, great. If not, whatever. How many did you do? How many pilots? Scripts? Uh, I don't know. Three or four. Yeah. You know? And did you find that at different points in your life... Like, was the was there one script, like, before you had kids and before you were married, and you're like, it's just a guy. And then, like, you know, three years later, it's a guy with a wife and one kid. <laughs> I never went with the the, the, the family route. No? I, I never wanted to do the family sitcom. Yeah. I just wanted it to be more about a person going through life. Uh-huh. You know, just an individual. And and what was your job in uh, in, in some of them? Uh, one was uh, an ad, you know, like a advertising agency sure. in a local market. Uh-huh. You know, thought that would be kind of interesting, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, dealing with clients and stuff like that. Guy coming but, up with ideas to yeah. sell stuff? Yeah. That'd be know. funny. Yeah, you got the local car dealer who yeah. wants to do his own commercials, and you have to, like, you know. Anyway, but yeah. uh, stuff that, that I thought good. was funny. Yeah. yeah. And then you submit it, and yeah. then they, they tell you it's no good, and... <laughs> <laughs> so about what year did you say fuck these people <laughs> if that's the way they want to play i'm gonna play utah for 10 nights well i well here, here, here's what happened it the reason that i wanted a sitcom is because i thought for a while that that represented whether or not you were a good comedian you know that was the payoff that was the grail yeah people yeah. would go wow he must be a good stand-up because look he has uh sitcom built around him he's a stand-up with a sitcom so to me it was more of a trophy right you know, to to be able to say i must be okay at this look i got a tv show so that's why i really wanted it but then uh and i also wanted to get a tv show so i could get lucky enough to have a following that would want to come out and see my stand-up and then somewhere along the way it was like wow i'm developing a following without that yeah. So I don't. My desire just dropped. I'm like, I don't. I don't need that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there is. It is sort of uh, humiliating to uh, to have to kind of like. Because when you're a stand up and like you know I'm doing this. I you know I do this on my own. And you know a lot of people listen to it. And and nobody helped me. I was not sanctioned by anybody. Mm-hmm. No one could say like, no, turn that off. But there's something about that feeling of like you kind of going like, all right, we got another idea. Let's go put it in front of these. 22 year old Jewish kids who run show business for them to go, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I think it's, I think comedians, it's hard for comedians because we're used to autonomy. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we write, we direct, we do everything for our own show. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're in a room with people tossing out an idea and you get, well, I don't. <laughs> and you just go, I got to get out of here. <laughs> Where, how do I get out? What's the quickest way out of here? You know, it's just, I, I, I don't have to deal with, I, I, if I think of an idea, I say it exactly how I want on stage. I don't need to run it by anybody, you know? So it's hard to, to try to get into that world where you have to do that. Yeah. Know? Do you still get that same buzz that you got when you pulled the bag out? <laughs> you mean on stage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I always enjoy the hell out of being a stand-up comedian. I love that feeling of being backstage. You look yeah. out, you see the stool and a yeah. bottle of water and yeah. a microphone, and, and you it. hear people getting settled in, and yeah. you go, well, I, "What? I'm like like the luckiest guy in the world, yeah. man! I'm going to go out there and just be goofy and and do these things that I think of and." Hopefully they'll have a good time, and then afterwards they'll give me a little money so I can go 
get myself a shot of tequila. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and drink it on the sly. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's why, like, it's weird, because I bought that mic stand. Like, the, the, that's a regular boom mic stand where the hat is. Uh-huh. But I went out and bought that. The, the boom doesn't go on there. I would never have that on stage. But this is a standard. That's all the equipment we need is a mic in one of those stands, right? And the reason I bought that was I'd been to, like, two clubs in a row that had fucked up stands. And I was like, we need two things. We need a microphone and one of these. You don't have another one of these? So like, I went out and bought that out of spite just to feel what it felt like to buy a mic stand that would be a stand-up mic. It's so like $25. And, and I just have that there as a, just a testament to, you know, that's, that's all we need. And if I ever go to a club that doesn't have one, I'm going to throw a shit. <laughs> have you ever done that when you're at a club and it's like the microphone's like, and you're like, one thing. Yeah, this is all I need and is you for can't. them to be able to hear me. That's all I need. And, this and you broken. can't, so you can't provide that for me. <laughs> it's like uh, it's worse, right? You know it, what's also interesting is when you are at, like, say, a theater, right? Yeah. And you have the curtain, and yeah. then in front of it is what I described—the stool and the water and yeah. the microphone—and you look behind the curtain yeah. at the show they're going to do the next night, and you see these big elaborate sets yeah, yeah, with yeah. thrones and and uh, and and king outfits, yeah. big and clouds in the big air, clouds, <laughs> yeah. and you go, "Wow, what a difference a night makes!" You know what I mean? I mean, I, I'm thinking the people tonight must be a whole lot less entertained than tomorrow night because look what the hell's going on tomorrow night. <laughs> They got hundreds and hundreds of people working on tomorrow night show, and I'm just going out there and you know doing some yuck yuck jokes. Do you do you use an opener? Mm-hmm. Who do you usually take out with you? Uh, Joe Bolster sometimes. Yeah. Uh, How's he doing? He's doing great, man. Yeah, because he's sort of like a contemporary of yours. You guys are about the same age, right? He was one of the guys that I watched at the comic strip in Fort Lauderdale when I first got started. He was oh, one yeah? of the headliners that came down. Jim Colleton, Gary Brightwell, uh, Kermit Apio, yeah, funny comedian yeah. from the Seattle area. Um, I'm sure I'm blanking on it. Tom Ryan and uh-huh. my brother Dennis. Sometimes we do shows together, but uh, that's more of like a special thing because he headlines himself, you know. But uh, yeah, did you capture the old bit? <laughs> <laughs> Bring him out. And... Are they gonna flash us? <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> <laughs> Can we leave now? <laughs> it's interesting to me that but there's a whole new generation of comics. I talk to a lot of guys in here from all different areas, and you know you're the real deal. And it, it actually annoys me when when pe- when you know people don't give you know guys who are the real deal the respect they deserve. Like I, it bothers me. Mm-hmm. What what's happened to you? Like in in terms of like in. Like when you're on the road, have you had opportunities to meet guys that you you know looked up to, like Carlin or Steve Martin or any of those cats? Did you ever get any like sort of love from any of those cats? I never got to meet George Carlin. I had an opportunity to watch his very last show, not knowing that it would be his last show. He performed in Las Vegas, and then a few days later, he had a heart attack. Yeah, and uh, we were looking for something to do, my ex-wife and I, that weekend. And we were between him and a Neil Diamond impersonator. Uh-huh. So instead of seeing George Carlin's last stand-up comedy performance, uh-huh. yeah, I saw a Neil Diamond impersonator. You can go ahead and blame your wife for that. No, you know? no, 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 no. I mean, we we both agreed. Come on, we both can... agreed on that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I give you a chance there to clear the record. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that happened, Brian. So now, <laughs> you know, I can't say, I saw his last, I say, well, instead of seeing his last show, what I did see... <laughs> not Neil Diamond. <laughs> no, no, not Neil Diamond. No, not Neil Diamond. But somebody who sounds a lot yeah. like him. Wow, man. how yeah. was that show? It was, it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I guess it would have to be. It Archie. was one of the. That was one of the nights of my life. <laughs> do you, where, where do you play when you play Vegas? I don't play in Vegas. Really? Yeah, I don't like to perform where I live. So why I, do you live there? Uh, that's where the, the family is. That's where the kids are. And, um, you know, you're, but any of your, but the, you don't have family in Florida anymore. you yeah. My mom and dad are still in Florida. Right. Um, but you just settled in Vegas. Yeah. And you don't, you're not a gambler. No, no. I'm a $200 guy. Yeah. You know, win 200, lose 200. And that's I'm done. It. Yeah. That's, it. that's weird. You know, you know, you never want to play there. Do you ever go visit your friends that play there? Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm like one of the few people that wants the longest commute possible you know a lot of people want to i mean look at you you yeah. walk out back yeah you work what eight feet from your back doorstep yeah i want to go to the airport and fly two thousand miles away from my house <laughs> and do my work and then when i go home i want to be at shut the comedy thing down and and you're you, you have success with that yeah yeah, I, I like the two hats. I, if I was just a comedian, I don't I don't think I would have the perspective. You know what I mean? I, I, you, you have to live be a, life. a normal life, right? That you can draw from, you know. And what do you like? What do you do uh, for hobbies? I don't have a lot, man. <laughs> just, it's just like embarrassing. You just, just kind of hang out with the kids and I have, yeah, watch yeah. them run around. And I have one hobby, mm -hmm. and it's golf, and I'm horrible at it. You know, you, you'd think I'd I'd gravitate towards something that maybe I have a. <laughs> You know, a little skill level at yeah. I I literally shoot about 120 uh, on a round, which if you don't know anything about golf, it's really really bad. And that's that's it. So that's a, that's a whole other life. You got comedy, you got the kids, and you're a shitty golfer. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> you're living the dream. That's, my, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite a catch. Uh, okay. Now, if you were gonna, if you got offered a television show tomorrow, mm -hmm. you'd do it, right? If I could have creative control, right? You know, if they just wanted to, or a, let me back up, a strong creative say, you yeah. know what I mean? Right. Uh, obviously, it'd be a network involved. It isn't like they have no say whatsoever. But you know, I'm not interested in just kind of being cast in somebody else's vision. You know, I to me, it's about the comedy. Have I'd you like, ever done any acting like that? Uh, not a lot, no. Character pieces? Like you ever show up on Ray's show? Rory say, like, you want to do a thing on Ray's show? Never did. Hmm. Never asked? I never asked? No, they never asked you? They never asked and I uh, never asked. Uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't like putting my friends in those positions. No, you know I know, I, mean? I know. It's like, uh, have, you, have you never showed up as like, hey, there's a guy from uh, Nah. No. It's interesting. It's interesting to me, because you really are a pure comic. Like, you know, there's just never, you know, you're just, you're... Stand up. Yeah. You say that now until you hear my Looney Tunes voiceover and go, oh, I think cut, ah, we're getting, yeah. he's getting off the rails yeah. here, man. Let's do a phoner with him. Do a little follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> Heard the rabbit thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about that purity. 
But, but you do, but it's a badge of honor at some level, right? I mean, it, it has to be after a certain point. I, you know, it's, it's, I like it. Do you I, ever feel like, you ever get afraid you're going to tap out of it? Like, do you, I mean, do you can get concerned? You know, do you get tired or like, am I getting too old for this? Or do you look at that picture of Rodney and say, it doesn't have to end? I, w- I like the idea of maybe retiring at some point. Um, yeah. it'd be nice to get to a point where you don't have to do it anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I you know I'll cross that bridge when I get there. But r- right now I en- enjoy the heck heck out of it. You know. Have you ever performed internationally? No, no, no. <laughs> you just don't want to try it. I would like you know I, I England. I'd I'd like to try. I'd like to try. But I don't know that I have any following over there whatsoever. You know. So uh, listen, I have trouble doing shows in Canada because I wonder if the 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 subject matter crosses that line. Have you done it up there? Sure, I've done Vancouver and Toronto and Works stuff like good, that. Works good, right? But every bit I'm going, do they have this? You know, in my head, you know, do they have UPS? Do they have do do they have Krispy Kreme? Do I change it? You know, so it's like an awkward feeling and I I can only imagine in England like at the start of every joke, you know, do they have airplanes? Do they do they fly? The, the panic. Do they? What do they you, live in houses here? Yeah, it's one step. It's one step short of like, what do you people eat? Yeah. Do you, do you eat things? Yeah. You have food. You have like dinner, right? Do you eat? <laughs> Is it called dinner? And and I know I'm overly paranoid about it, but it's, it's scary. like, uh, you know, I just I don't know what would trans. You know, you hear about certain comedians that wow, they do they're huge over there or something, and I'm like, I, I, I haven't heard any clamoring from. The, from the English people to have me come over. We've got to hear your Pop-Tarts bit. I don't know if that's a British accent. I don't know what accent that was. It was close. It was good. That's my Looney Tunes. Yeah. What is the Looney Tunes gig? What, did you, what was the character you played? I, I play a, um, a motivational speaker yeah. who Daffy Duck gets turned on to. This is a new series of Looney Tunes? Yeah. Or they just started making them again or something? Well, they started making them a few years ago. Now the the those characters are in the modern world, you know, like Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck share a house together, and they, you know, it's in the it's no longer out in the woods, right? <laughs> and I was meeting with the writers, and they yeah. were they were joking about how many jokes can there be out in the woods? Yeah, you know, so they put them in the modern world, <laughs> and it's just it's that's, great that same art that you that, yeah yeah yeah. And I, but I watch them with my kids, and yeah. they're very very funny. How old are your kids? Uh, my boy is thirteen. My girl is eight. Wow. Yeah. So you've had them a while. I had my boy 13 years. <laughs> my girl, I'd have to do the math. Eight. Eight? Eight, yeah, eight years. I've had her eight years. <laughs> do they ever see you do stand-up? <laughs> yes, they have. On TV, or you bring them with you? Uh, I bring them with me. and um, Do they get a kick out of it? I, I don't force it on them. you know. And if they are going to watch, I only want them to watch five minutes a night, because I don't want them to get, you know... You want to keep the material fresh. I don't want them rolling their eyes. At, uh, I don't. I, I. You know. I want them thinking of me as daddy and not a comedian. You know. Oh, that's interesting. So you so, really try to keep this separate thing, like you know. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, now let's talk about the clean thing. Did Did you ever work dirty at all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was never dirty, but I had dirty bits. Yeah. Um, but it was always a very small percentage of my act. You know. Right. And, um, but I had. Uh, I remember when I was. Doing the the hell gigs, I had three f word jokes. Mm-hmm. I had one I opened with, one I closed with, and one floating one when I needed to get the audience back. What what, what was the what were they? Uh, what were the jokes? Yeah. Well, all right. 
You're gonna you're gonna bleep them out? No, <laughs> you don't have to bleep. Um, one of them is I love when uh, somebody doesn't know how to argue. Yeah. So the best they can do is just repeat what you said and right. add my ass to it. <laughs> yeah. Say I saw this in a parking spot. Hey man, that was my spot. Hey, your spot, my ass. <laughs> No, no, seriously, I saw it first. You saw it, my ass. So then I say, you got to be careful, like in a holdup, you yeah. know? Hey, stick them up. Hey, stick them up, my ass. Yeah. Or, and now here's where it really gets raunchy. Yeah. Hey, buckle up. This is the dirty Brian. Finally. Or in a barroom brawl. Hey, I'm gonna fuck you up. Hey, fuck me up. And then right. I didn't I didn't know I didn't say it because they already get it. Yeah. And then I would pull out my box of bran flakes. Forty percent bran flakes. So that was the opener in a tough situation. That's uh oh, I had an opener. That would have been in the middle. That was oh, that like was that was the floater one. That was the floater like, one. Like I'm losing him. Back. Yeah. You gotta get the my ass joke. Yep, and then I'd do that and they'd go, Ah, yeah. he is kinda funny. <laughs> he is kinda funny. We heard the word fuck <laughs> amplified through a sound system. So now we believe in him. <laughs> he saved the night. <laughs> we were starting to lose faith in him with his donut jokes. <laughs> <laughs> now he's really using his freedom of speech. Now he's back. All right. We'll listen a little more. <laughs> Isn't that funny that you knew that? That uh, like it like it really comes down to that? Like I'm I'm sloppy. I you know, if I, I, I use fuck you know to punctuate things. I'm not you know, I'm not uh I'm not you. And you know, my crowd is much smaller. But I like I don't uh, but I, there's no reason you don't need him. No, but you know, I I don't I I like all kinds of comedy. Sure. I like Richard Pryor. Of course. You know, I like Dave Attell. Yeah. I, I, I love... It, it, funny is funny. Right. You know, I don't give a shit whether it's clean or dirty. Right. I just... I like clean because it's fun for me. It To me, it's a medium. You know, like a painter might like to use acrylics. Right. I like to paint... Or, or I like to do comedy. And I like... To me, it's fun to try to do a clean show. So it wasn't really an audience thing. It was just sort of like, no, I don't need it. Me, it was for me. I, I enjoy it. And if there are people out there that happen to like that, well, good, good. But that's not, I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? I, I, I try to make, I try to be careful not to figure out what do they want. But was it a challenge to you? You're like, I'm going to do this this way because it's even more pure. Like it was some sort of comic thing in your mind that this should be able. Why put an obstacle in it for for that reason? Yeah, just to say the word fuck. I mean, you're obviously not going to talk about fucking, right? So just to say the word fuck, it seems like cheating in a way. Well, for me, it was like I realized it was always five percent or less of my act anyway. Right. And it's like the other stuff was the stuff I was more interested in. Right. And I thought. Am I cheating for me? Right. Not not for somebody no, else, no, but I like, it, yeah. am I cheating by using the floater to get them back and by the closer? I'll know that, I know they'll laugh if I do this bit. So I, I started saying, I don't want to do that. I don't want to feel like I'm doing something because I know I need this for the laugh. I wanted to do the stuff that truly interested me. Right. You know, and I tend to just think about more everyday kind of stuff. And that's, so I, I started taking it out. And I started realizing as a byproduct, wow, there is a, a, 
a market for this, you know? It's right. Like, so why why do that 5% when it's not really organic to me anyway? Just to make yourself appealing to morons sometimes. Right. Where people can't take a pay attention. <laughs> I so, don't get it. I don't get it. He hasn't said anything filthy. I saw, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't. I, I, I was in the back of a club one time yeah. and, uh, you know, whoever was on stage wasn't doing great, you yeah. know? And then the guy threw a, you know, the F word in there. Yeah. And I saw two people in the audience get up and high five each other. And I'm like, <laughs> what's wow. happening? Wow. Is it that? Is this the end? Is, it's not, <laughs> it's not that hard to say, is it? That was all it took. High five. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that? <laughs> and I'm like, I-, I could go whisper that in their ear and just make their night. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I right <in> my ear. <laughs> but okay, let's talk about this. Is a, a, a honest question from a comedian. Mm-hmm. Me. Um, bombing. Mm. When was the last time? Probably not too long ago. And yeah. Cor- corporate dates every now and then, you know, they, they, they're not there for me. They don't know who I am. Get on stage and you don't get your foot in the door. Boom, man, you know. It's just a, it's part of the job, right? On some level. Yeah. I mean, because I, like, I, I sense it, like when you're on stage, your, your read of an audience is so immediate. Like, you know exactly what you're doing and how to push it harder, you know, when they're not responding the way that you want them to. It's an, an, an innate, it's an instinct. So when you're up there and you're like, oh, that's a ceiling. They're not going to go beyond that. Right. You just got to accept that, right? The thing that I think is weird, like when you're bombing. Yeah. Okay. I wonder, like, what is the point? Like, say you have to do an hour. You mm-hmm. got a corporate show. You got to do an hour. You're 15 minutes in. You've been trying everything you could possibly think of. Right. And you know you ain't getting them. Yeah. I'm wondering, how does this do anybody any good for me to do the rest of this 45 minutes? Why why do we have to continue the charade? It's like, can I throw in a towel? (laughs) You win. (laughs) Do you ever make, do you ever say that? Well, you know, I'm not, I, I don't know. I, I'm i trying to get better at not, you know, slamming myself when, right. when I'm doing poorly, but it's hard. It's hard for me. That little piece of me, I can't have the audience feel like they know something I don't know. Right. Like if I'm bombing, I don't want, I can't handle them thinking, does this guy know he sucks? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't just pretend... I have to go, I have to say it out loud, you know, hey, this ain't working. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't, I can't pretend, you know? So you do say it. Oh yeah. (laughs) I, I, and I know you're not supposed to, it's like, well, you just keep plowing through it and, you know, act confident and. Who made that rule? I don't know. But uh, but you don't ever resort to the, like the floating fuck joke. (laughs) 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 You just feel that floating by maybe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I did one one time. It was uh, a bunch of uh, like guys at a golf club, you know, yeah. older guys. And just, I just, nothing. I got nothing. And it was like the worst bombing ever because they didn't even like all start talking. They were nothing but polite. Oh. They all paid attention. You couldn't no get through? One, no one heckled. Nothing. Usually, like if you're not doing well, 
people start murmuring and yeah. then in your mind you go, Well, they're not listening. You right. know what I mean? You can you can justify it in your yeah. head. This they were all doing nothing but one hundred percent focus, not a laugh. You know, got off stage and this guy just hands me a glass of scotch on the rocks. Yeah. And says, I thought you might want this and I'm like, You're you're correct. <laughs> And he said, and I don't even drink scotch, but yeah. I sure did that night. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, I'm just curious. And he he wasn't meaning it to be a drink. He goes, I'm just curious. What do you do for a living? <laughs> and I'm I'm thinking, does he think that that's what I do every night? Like that, like that's the reaction. And I'm like, I do that every night. And he's like, you do that every night? Yep. I do that every night, and then I get off and I, I guzzle scotch. <laughs> it's a hard way to go through life. You know, if I bomb, I bomb big. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm you, yeah. physical and right. silly and right. crouching. If you're a monologist, you know, sometimes I, I I fantasize when I am bombing that I wish I was just doing one-liners and I could yeah. pretend like they're not supposed to be funny. I can't pretend with my act that it's not supposed to be funny. Because each bit's like three or four minutes. And I'm like, <laughs> imagine that to stone cold, wide-eyed silence. Oh my God, it's just it's horrible. nothing but awkward, you know? And, and, and then you, I got to reset. Yeah. But I'm resetting. There's no, there's no purpose to reset. There was no laugh to begin with. All right, now that that's done, <laughs> let me bore you with this. But usually just corporate, though, right? Those are awkward situations to begin with. Well, I, you know, now because of <sighs> if, if I'm performing in a theater, yeah. they kind of know that who yeah. they're going to see. Sure, it's, it's a different great. story, you know. Yeah. But I would have bad shows in comedy clubs, you know. It's like all it takes is, uh, you know, you can have 90% of the people there to see you. And then, uh, hey, it's Fred's 40th birthday, birthday party from work. <laughs> yeah, that's all it takes. I... You know, I'm not good at that. Bachelorette parties? Uh, oh, man. It's just, I don't understand it. I don't, like when the bachelorettes come and you just see like, you know, some variation of a cock somewhere mm -hmm. on a hat. Had one thrown at me. <laughs> and, you know. Not, not you know, like, talk about this. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. yeah. Hey, it's bachelorette. Here, here's a big <laughs> pink rubber penis. <laughs> Would you stop talking about Fig Newtons and, and refer to this big pink rubber penis please <laughs> what did you do oh man i did 10 minutes on that big pink rubber penis <laughs> the likes of which no one's ever seen <laughs> but it, i wish it was on youtube is there i any? just set it to the side you know what i mean i just kind of kicked it to the side and <laughs> like, continued like, to bomb as, as if no one thought i just got yeah, 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 it's not there <laughs> <laughs> well, that's lucky you're not doing that in clubs anymore. I tell you, it is fun to win over a crowd that you know is not there to see you. It's wild, right? You know, when you do a corporate show and you get them rocking and rolling, you go, okay, this is cool. Yeah. You know? But there's also something very fun about, uh, you know, being able to kind of enjoy yeah, the right. fact that you have a following. Be open. Like, you know, you can be a little more vulnerable. You're like, these people know me. Yeah. I can like, take some risks. I can you know, be a little and, silly and goofy yeah, yeah, and yeah. go off so, in some tangents. Yeah, you know? that's the first time for me in my life. But there's all this, there's this weird thing that hangs in my mind. It's like, my training was to make strangers laugh. Mm. That's what I was trained to do. Well, we switch our gears, right? Like, yeah. you know, my whole 
starting routine was making fun of people leaving while I'm on stage. <laughs> At some point, I had to adjust. Yeah, we're evolving. <laughs> well, I'm I'm fucking, uh, and now, like, see, now I'm aware of the, like, I, I, I'm saying fuck. Well, I'm fucking glad you came by. Hey. Yeah, I'm sorry. Come on. I'm, I'm very happy that you, you stopped by. I hope you, I hope you enjoy this. I, was, I, I uh, had a great time. I have man. a tremendous amount of respect for Thank you. Thank you very much. And likewise. And I think I'm you're very right. happy for you, Mark. You're doing great with this thing, and good for you. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for coming. Brian Regan, Straight Up Comedy Talk from one of the best comedians in the business. Hope you enjoyed that. Go see him this weekend if you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area at the Comedy Zone. That's a tomorrow and Saturday. So, what else? That's it. That's our show. I'm going on vacation, but you will be. I will be here for you. I will be here for you over the next few days. You know, Monday, Thursday, I'll be here, just like I always am. I shouldn't have even told you. But anyways, go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. Get yourself the Mark and Tom Show. Me and Tom Sharpling got that new show up. You didn't pick that up. People are enjoying that. Get you a link to that. You can get on the mailing list. You can get some merch. Get yourself a new Coop shirt, some coffee mugs. A lot of things going on over there. Kick in a few shekels if you want to. Uh, get the premium app. Holy fuck, check my calendar. All right, enough. Enough is enough. Am I right? I'm right. My God, my foot is fucking shaking and my head hurts. Ugh. I need a fucking vacation. <laughs>